Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the European People's Podcast. Today we are very pleased to have here with us Ivan Stefanet, member of the European Parliament and president of SME Europe, the EPP association which represents the rights of small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, dear president, welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to answer our questions. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very honored to do that. It's an honor for us too. Uh, it's no surprise that TPP has an SME association. After all, uh, our party has always been a strong advocate for uh, SMEs and made them one of the cornerstones, if not the cornerstone, of our economic policies. Uh, how is SME Europe contributing to the work our political family is doing in this field? Yes, SMEs are the cornerstone of European economy and therefore they must be the cornerstone of our policies. Uh, more than half of employees work at small companies and the role of SMEs is crucial in job creation. For example, in the last five years, more than 80% of jobs have been created by SMEs in the European Union. It's very clear that uh, SMEs will play a crucial role also in uh, European economic recovery. And there is no other political SME association on European level like SME Europe, And SME Europe is probably the largest political association of SMEs in the world. And we are very proud of that. We are very proud of the EPP focus on jobs topics and uh, particularly on the SMEs. We at uh, SME Europe organize many activities, particularly in the field of digital and green transformation, internal markets, trade policies. And these activities resulted in many policy proposals in order to improve life for our SMEs. And what other activities and opportunities do you offer SMEs and their national associations, also considering the fact that most of your members are also members of the European Parliament? Yes, sure. Together with SME Circle of the EPP Group, we are a network of more than 60 MEPs, and this is a direct link to the European Parliament, a strong voice for SMEs. We are listening very, very carefully also to um, micro-businesses, and uh, that input can have a direct impact in the European legislation. I can say that we are right on the path of our SMEs and our citizens. We also offer a network to many European SMEs association and uh, network the national association with uh, one another. We encourage collaboration and resource sharing. Uh, many problems can be solved together and most questions answered in this uh, intelligent SME community. It's uh, very, very important for funding and for cooperation between SMEs that we can help them also to find their way in the first step. Of course, for SMEs as for everyone else, everything changed last year when our entire world was turned upside down with COVID-19 hitting us like a meteorite, uh, shaking our certainties and disrupting our lives. How have SMEs in particular been impacted by the crisis and how should the national recovery plans address the difficulties they are facing in this moment? Yeah, it is a matter of fact that COVID crisis changed completely our life and has a huge impact to all SMEs. We organized two surveys, one at the beginning of crisis and second one just recently, in order to get fresh information directly from small companies across the European Union. The situation is really very, very challenging. More than half of SMEs face bankruptcies and almost everybody needs to improve the access to the financial resources. National recovery plans can significantly improve current situation 
And uh, I have to say that the EU puts together a huge amount of money and it is uh, really crucial to spend it wisely and to include also SMEs into this policy as well. Particularly in the areas of green and digital transformation and also education, SMEs should be involved. Uh, businesses will not come back uh, as usual very soon and we have to use this package for a real transformation of uh, our economy. Besides the current problems, the crisis also uh, highlighted several systemic issues that were already there before the pandemic. What are, in your opinion, the main challenges SMEs face in Europe? We ask our SMEs in our surveys and uh, the results show that first challenge is the lack of financial reserves. The second one is the lack of digitization, particularly lack of digital infrastructure in the rural area. And the third one is uh, still excessive bureaucracy and still existing hurdles on the European single market. So we have to address these challenges very clearly in the respective policies. You spoke before about digital and green transformation, which, as we know, is the main focus of Next Generation EU to overcome the crisis, but also to tackle the structural problems you have just highlighted. What can we do to ensure our SMEs fully seize the opportunities of this transition? I do believe that uh, digital and green transformation must be the main driver for the sustainable growth and job creation. And the use of uh, next generation Europe has to be in line with the market and not to overwhelm the competitiveness of our SMEs. We must not over-regulate the opportunities in digitization and green transformation. And also the utilization of these special resources has to be very practical and has to take into account also different situations in the industries. But generally, SMEs will benefit from a better infrastructure and from completion of our single market. The 5G will play uh, a crucial role in this digital transition. Uh, however, its true benefits are often unknown from the general public and it even became the target of the wildest conspiracy theories. Can you give us some concrete examples of uh, how the 5G can help SMEs in their daily work? 5Gs will mean really a leap forward and a qualitative change. 5G will allow to collect much bigger amount of data in a much shorter time. It might uh, help to open new space for innovation, new services and welcome new users. The improvement of uh, digital infrastructure will bring new opportunities for creativity of uh, all SMEs. And uh, I'm sure also that 5G will also offer cost savings. For example, 5G antennas offer better environmental performance and uh, it consumes half energy than 4G antennas, for example, per uh, gigabyte. And in 2025, it will be 10 times less. 5G brings not only new opportunities in Internet of Things, but also, for example, more efficiency in telemedicine and surgery, and they improve uh, resilience during difficult times of COVID. Simply, I can say, more digital, more effective. So more effective, cheaper and greener, to sum up. Uh, Let's now turn our attention outward to the global world. What are the advantages and disadvantages of European SMEs compared to their international competitors? I would say the disadvantage is still relatively high administrative cost and non-effective protection of uh, intellectual property and investment. Many SMEs still face legal uncertainty due to many changes which leads to their increased cost. 
in comparison, especially with US, the access to capital is also not on the same level and therefore it is disadvantage for our European companies. On the other side, our advantages are definitely being very flexible, close to the market, highly innovative. And I'm absolutely sure that human capital and creativity is the key advantage for of our SMEs. So we are more creative, but on the other hand, it is often pointed out that uh, we suffer from a lack of a true entrepreneurial spirit compared, for example, with the US. Do you agree with that? And if yes, uh, how to address these uh, shortcomings? Uh, do you see in some of our member states some positive experiences or practices that other countries uh, could also benefit from? I do believe that problem starts at schools, at education, where too rarely is a positive image of entrepreneurship. So uh, we have to change that. And also the culture of positive failure is missing in Europe and the recognition of entrepreneurial success as social success is uh, very often neglected. There is a huge room for improvement in our education system and in perception of importance of new job creation. I do believe in positive change and in much better recognition of uh, entrepreneurship in Europe. There are better and worse countries, but generally the situation in Europe is very, very similar. And I do believe uh, in much uh, better recognition of our entrepreneurs. So it's more a question of education than legislation. Yeah. Yeah. In this global competition, it is also important for our SMEs to count on the support of the EU. And last week, the European Commission published a communication on the review of the European trade policy, calling for an open, sustainable and assertive trade policy. Uh, how can an assertive EU trade policy profit our SMEs? Trade is uh, one of the most powerful tools uh, of European Union, but global uncertainty now, fast-growing China, climate change and digital transformation can really challenge our economy and our single market. If we want to make it more resilient to future challenges, we have to support and let breathe the whole ecosystem which is built on SMEs. Uh, that represent the backbone of European economy, as we know. SMEs can profit from uh, exploring more efficient digital systems for trade facilitation and uh, regulatory compliance based on the EU single window environment for customs, for example, and also uh, the EU information and communication system on market surveillance system. SMEs also can profit from establishing a new access to procurement tool allowing EU economic operators to identify if and under what conditions they have legally guaranteed access to procurement tenders in third countries. And last but not least, SMEs can benefit also from improvement of the rules of origin self-assessment tool, uh, which can help companies, particularly SMEs, to correctly apply rules of origin when exporting to third countries. Besides being president of SME Europe, you are also, together with several other colleagues from the European Parliament, one of the ambassadors of the Erasmus for Young Entrepreneur program. Less known than the original Erasmus, but uh, very important nevertheless. Why do you believe in this program and what can eventually be done to improve it? Erasmus for Young Entrepreneurs is a very, very successful program and I am a great believer in creativity of young people. This program provides a platform for experience sharing and all the participants were very happy to attend it. 
they were enriched not only by new information, but also by new production processes, new technologies, and even by new cultural approaches. In the European Union, we have a lot of resources, particularly in the minds of our young people and their new ideas. And we have to give them more space and more opportunities. So Erasmus for the young entrepreneurs is a great tool for young entrepreneurs. And I, together with my great colleagues, will fight together for even more resources for that, because it is a great chance for many young people to get new knowledge. And I'm absolutely sure that it will be paid back in uh, many new ideas and in reality also in many new jobs in Europe. So it's an investment for the future. Sure, sure. One last question. You have an event planned on 8th of March titled A European Union of Equality, Expanding Women Participation in Politics, Business and Trade. Uh, I mean, Europe surely sets a good example in this respect uh, because you have an almost perfect gender parity uh, in your presidency and, uh, and board. But it is true that women are underrepresented in European businesses. What can be done to improve women participation in this field and why is it important? Yes, you are right. Uh, the women are still underrepresented in the European businesses and uh, we want to change it. It is also the idea behind the special event you have mentioned, but uh, I have to say that based on last information, this event will be probably moved to March 18, and we want to address the point of women and as entrepreneurs there as well. Uh, this issue starts also at the schools, where we have to give more room for education about women entrepreneurship and implementation of new ideas. Also, this issue must be addressed, uh, I believe, in uh, labor law, where women cannot be disadvantaged. I think also that startup culture must be more oriented towards women and more women should become company successors. It's a matter of fact that women fail less than men as entrepreneurs. Men are more willing to take risk and that's one of the reasons it's important to have a positive image of failure and to convey in schools that entrepreneurs can have a positive impact on society. And also based on my personal business and political experience, I have to say that every mixed team, uh, including men and women, worked much, much better in comparison with only male team, for example. So I do believe that if we have more female entrepreneurs, we can have even more new ideas and more jobs. And current digital time is even more favorable to this vision. So there's a lot of work to do, but it is worth the effort. And by the way, around the 8th of March, we will also, uh, as EPP, come up with uh, communication initiatives to offer some concrete solutions to these and other issues women face. So th thank you very much, President, for your time and for uh, all the work you're doing uh, to support our SMEs in this difficult time. Thank you very much indeed for your interest and all the best. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the European People's Podcast. We will be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, don't forget to subscribe so as not to miss out and catch up any episode you might have missed.